welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with a commercial internal auditor, Bonnie C. And she wrote an article recently in the IIA journal, Internal Audit Journal, all about innovations and how uh, companies audit credit cards. So I thought this would be a great topic for the government. So without further ado, let's talk to Bonnie. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a special guest from the uh, commercial internal audit world, and uh, I thought we would talk about some ideas from how they do audits out there that the government would find interesting and useful. And uh, so why don't we start off, let's just introduce our guest, and it's Bonnie C. Hello, how are you, Bonnie? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good, and she's joining us from the West Coast over there. It's a little bit earlier in the morning, but um, so why don't we just start off, Bonnie? Could you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit just for the for our audience? So I'm an internal audit manager at T-Mobile, and typically I perform audits over a variety of areas, including business process operations, financial audit, financial service compliance, and corporate card audits. I'm also a volunteer with the local chapter of the Institute of Internal Auditors, IAA, in Seattle, and sit on the board of the Washington Society of CPAs. I would also like to take a moment to clarify that any of the opinions and views expressed by me today are my own and not representative of any of the organizations that I may be involved with. Thanks for inviting me to speak on your podcast today. Absolutely. And yeah, I love this. This is a good chance for us to uh, kind of compare you know, some things that the commercial world is doing, the government can also learn from. And uh, I think there's a lot of great inter, you know, overlap here. So I'm going to start with, um, so basically I, I got interested in speaking with you because I read one of your articles in the IIA uh, journal, basically. It was called Transforming Corporate Card Audits. So, you know, in the government, we obviously use credit cards as well. We call them purchase cards usually. Um, and there were three technologies that we're going to talk about in this podcast that you mentioned in the article, and I'll mention them first. So cloud storage, data visualization, and then automation. So, uh, Bonnie, can you tell us, you know, how, how have you found that, um, you know, cloud storage, let's talk about cloud storage, you know, how that, how that can support the work that you do. So, to give a bit of background, cloud storage is an on-demand self-service model where data or software as a service is stored remotely on virtual servers hosted by third parties. There are three main types of cloud, infrastructure as a service, which is a pay-as-you-go model for services such as storage and networking, platform as a service, which is a middleware, and software as a service, which is a software that's available via a third party over the internet. So examples of providers of these are Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure, which offer all three types of cloud services. So traditionally, people have submitted paper receipts to a centralized location to get reimbursed. And since then, a lot of companies have moved to accepting either a photo or a confirmation email to substantiate an expense. So cloud storage allows you to store these receipts in a location that's separate from your office. And then it saves a lot of space in that way. And then you can also get software that you don't have to say have on your own computer. You can instead pay as you go and purchase this as long as you have an internet connection. 
And then, so as far as your article, you know, what were some of the kind of pros and cons with cloud storage as it relates to, you know, performing audits? So cloud storage removes a lot of the storage limitations coming to physical copy or using on-premise services. And one of the huge benefits is that it is easily scalable to accommodate any data storage needs. Additionally, it gets rid of some pre-installation costs and maintenance costs associated with if you had an on-site server. Another pro is that the backup of data can be stored in multiple locations worldwide. So when an audit comes by and you want to look at the data, it makes the data less vulnerable to, say, natural disasters like forest fires or hurricanes. And then from an audit perspective, it also makes it easier to enforce document retention periods, such as data that requires long-term storage could be archived or automatically purged after a defined period of time. While these risks are greatly reduced compared to having an in-house server, there's also some cons as the digital documentation can be susceptible to malicious software such as ransomware and um, it encrypts the data to an unusable form and holds it hostage unless payment is made. With everything moving online, this is becoming more common. According to IT security company Barracuda Networks, in 2019, more than 70 state governments were ransomware. While it's generally advised by the security communities not to pay the ransom, as data could still be lost even after payment, it could also be very costly not to. In 2018, the city of Atlanta spent more than $2.6 million to restore its systems rather than pay the $50,000 Bitcoin ransom. A better approach would be to invest in beefing up security defenses and employee training on phishing scams to prevent this from occurring in the first place. And then another risk that could be prevented by focusing more on data security uh, is preventing hacking, which could result in negative publicity from data breaches or give competitors or other entities insight into prospective projects based on the expenses. The use, transfer, and purge of stored personally identified information attached to an employee's expense is limited by regulations such as the California Consumer Privacy Act or CCPA. And if the data is backed up or stored in international locations, there's also the added complexity of local regulations around the data use. Right. So it sounds like you know, some of the major pros are definitely availability of documentation. You know, everybody's going to save their scans of receipts and copies on, on these cloud drives. You know, there's no excuse why they can't pull up a audit request for you. You know, you want to document, they should be able to grab it on the cloud. But then, you know, some of the downsides, definitely security risks, um, you know, ransomware attacks, things like that. And uh, I don't know about you. I used to do audits, too, and I can't. I can't remember the last time I actually looked at a physical paper receipt. How about you? Been a while. Yeah, everything's in the in the soft copy phase, which you know what is convenient. It's a good thing. So, um, well, great. Well, let's talk a little bit about the second one here: data visualization. Can you tell us, um, you know, some of the opportunities, but also maybe limitations of dashboards, data visualizations as relates to internal audits of. Uh, these credit card programs? Sure. So data visualization uh, distills large data sets into visual graphics to allow for easy and more user-friendly understanding of complex relationships 
within the data. And some examples of software that allows you to accomplish this is Microsoft Power BI and Tableau. And then in terms of their opportunities that, uh, that you can use with it is combined with data analytics. It allows you to look at data in more ways than before. For example, a dashboard template could track multiple key performance indicators linked to a database that will allow users to analyze the data in real time and filter down to focus on any variable for a specific business area. Beyond using simply graph or pivot table in Excel, data visualization can simultaneously overlay multiple variables such as transaction type on a graph a geographical map while highlighting the magnitude of the transactions in different sizes and colors. This could be used to target potential fraud indicators where there might be a misalignment between travel plans and expense transaction locations. It could also help auditors add value by highlighting frequent exception trends and indicate more broader implications, such as the need for additional employee tra training in specific parts of the corporate card policy or even the need to amend the policy. For example, the corporate card policy may have a standard flat threshold for specific expense types, such as lodging or business meals. However, it might not be realistic for higher cost of living areas, such as New York or San Francisco. So it might indicate that the policy needs to be amended to allow for fluctuations. It could also highlight opportunities to reduce costs and negotiate group rates if it finds that cross-departmental employees frequently attend the same conferences or events. On the other hand, it could also flag individuals who did not use the pre-negotiated group rate, and it could be an opportunity to educate those employees on ways to maximize their budget. At the same time, despite these opportunities, there is a risk of over-reliance on data visualization. The insights gleaned from it are limited by the completeness and accuracy of the data inputs and false positives or misleading trends if used incorrectly. Yeah, and I'll add to that. Yeah, that's that's great, uh, great observations. You know, <clears throat> from from some of the work we do uh, in the government. You know, a lot of the programs and financial offices are really getting into dashboards, uh, like you said, Tableau, Power BI, other ones. Um, and I, I think the idea of using it for audit is great because, again, like you said, it's it's a nice visual way to quickly see maybe outliers or spot trends. Um, I know with credit cards, purchase cards, a, a big thing in the government is what they call split purchases where you'll, you know, you'll charge the card a couple different times so that you can get around the, the dollar thresholds, you know? So I think, you know, that and like travel cards and, you know, the, a lot of statistics that you could definitely visualize much more quickly rather than, um, you know, delving into an Excel spreadsheet. So uh, thank you for that. Um, so now let's talk about uh, the third one here, automation. So we're talking about robotics process automation, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Maybe tell us a little bit about uh, what you're seeing there as far as the audit world. Sure. So there are three main types of automation. Robotic process automation, or RPA, which is a software robot that mimics human actions. Machine learning, or ML which is a subset of artificial intelligence. And this allows systems to learn new things from data and AI, which is a simulation of human intelligence by machines. So the combination of these three types of automation creates a system that mimics human judgment in defined circumstances and could reduce the time spent on repetitive and low value tasks and allocate it to more value adding items. 
in the past, internal auditors have focused on some sort of rigid criteria, such as a specific time period or an individual or group transactions or transactions with amounts that exceed a defined threshold. But many potential non-compliant transactions fall out of those hardline criteria would be missed. And without software with AI capabilities, it would be impossible for auditors to review the entire volume of transactions. Optical character recognition or OCR, which is image reading software, could save the submitters, approvers, and auditors time by automatically pulling and matching the amounts from the uploaded receipt to the reported expense transaction. For international receipts in foreign languages and currencies, the software could even translate the language, look up the local tax rates, and calculate currency exchange rates on the day of the transaction. Even more advanced software could cross-reference publicly available information, such as online or historical hotel rates, to determine reasonableness for specific expenses. This will allow for variation due to seasonality or location-based fluctuations. And then, as you mentioned, Paul, Another potential use case is in the detection of split transactions, where a larger receipt is paid through multiple transactions or using multiple P cards or corporate cards. And then an AI with OCR could easily detect this, while it's much harder for an individual auditor to find. This could reduce excessive payment for the same expense submitted multiple times or circumventation of the policy expense guideline amount. And then another useful AI capability is systematic risk profiling. So low risk reoccurring transactions could be auto-approved, which bypasses the need for manager review. This would save hours of administrative time and increase time available for more productive tasks. And time could be focused on increasing policy education or behavior change with more high risk individuals or departments. And though as great as the sounds, AI machine learning and RPA are still relatively new and often expensive technologies. The software itself is only as good as the training data sets that it's been fed and what it has been programmed to do. There's still a learning period where users must train the software during which time the tool may produce higher number of false positives and create more work than even the traditional manual method. Additionally, uh, Machine learning and AI are susceptible to biases and skew results because of bad data input. For example, the technology might determine that a certain gender or race or other protected class is a higher risk for non-compliance, which leads auditors to focus on the individual and may result in legal consequences. An example of an AI learning from unsanitized inputs occurred in 2016 when Microsoft released its Twitter chat box, Tay which starts tweeting some rather inflammatory messages after mimicking the intentionally offensive behaviors of other Twitter users. This is because it wasn't giving constraints and guidelines on what is considered appropriate behavior. So these are some of the complications with new technology. Yeah, that's great. And actually we just did a podcast, uh, or I just recorded one before this, um, talking about AI bias. So that's a very relevant topic. Um, and I wanted to just mention before we go to the next question for you, Bonnie, just so you know, um, you know, pretty much everything you've said in the private sector uh, government, we're trying to do as well. So for the cloud side, you know, government agencies definitely use 
Azure and Amazon and other services, um, you know, they're taking advantage of that. They're taking advantage of um, the Tableau and the Power BI's and the dashboards and also very much uh, RPA and artificial intelligence. That's very, uh, that's a very hot topic in the government for the last couple of years, uh, even in the audit in the audit community specifically as well. They're also starting to use that technology to help with audits. And uh, I'm kind of happy to hear that, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of the same things that the commercial world is doing. So, so yeah, so thanks for bringing that forward. Um, so just a couple more questions for you. And uh, I guess one of them is here. You gave us some examples as you went, but do you have any other kind of real world examples, uh, you know, of using these technologies for credit card audits? So um, the public tableau has a lot of dashboards that people have created based on publicly available data. So I can share after this podcast some links to various PCAR dashboards from, I think, Tusa, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, as well as Toronto, Canada. And then if you want an example of a data visualization, um, so right now the CDC has a COVID data tracker that tracks the spread across different states in the U.S., as well as the World Health Organization has a similar coronavirus disease tracker. It tracks new cases, total confirmed cases, and deaths by country. So that would be an example of how you can use different data and slice and dice it to find different conclusions. Right. Yeah. And I have seen, uh, you know, like you said, CDC and also just a lot of the state governments have their own COVID tablo, you know, tableau or dashboards. And uh, there's that tableau. We'll, we'll put a web link on the uh, on our site because, um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool ones out there. And I'd love to see the P card ones, too. So we'll put a link to that. Um, OK, well, we have one final question for you. And um, again, just another real world application. You know, what are some ways you think that auditors could use you know, RPA or AI specifically to, you know, continuously monitor credit card transactions. So a lot of expense tracking software out there could incorporate a department's corporate card policy. And then the RPA could use those constraints to continuously monitor and flag for non-compliant transactions for either additional approval or auditor review. And then this would ensure that auditors focus on transactions that are more likely to be exceptions and perform more meaningful work. Absolutely. Yeah. And that the, the, the topic of continuous monitoring of, you know, internal controls in general and transactions has been something the government has talked about for many years. And, you know, we've had some fits and starts. And I think now we really do have some technology like AI, RPA that can really do it. I think the way we, a lot of folks used to do it is basically run a report, maybe download it, do some Excel on it, you know, or um, even ask, you know, some uh, SaaS or some other uh, like an audit software, do some data mining. But I think, you know, some of the technologies out there now are going to make this a lot more efficient and effective. Um, so, so yeah, I think, Bonnie, that's that's the questions we had for you today. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, just curious, are you, uh, any chance you'll be writing any more articles in the future for the journal there? Uh, I don't know yet, but that's a potential possibility. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. Thanks again, and have a great day. You as well. Bye. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned something here from a little bit different perspective. Uh, I know we all know and love purchase cards and audits in the government, so not too different. And uh, a lot of great tools are out there to help these audits and uh, make them more efficient and interesting so 
once again, thanks for tuning in and uh, check us out, agacgfm.org. And this is Paul Marshall signing off for Accountability Talks with AGA.